Welcome to Mandemic Mondays, the podcast where we review and debate the latest Netflix release and whatever trends and hobbies people are doing to stay sane in these crazy times, times we like to call the Mandemic. I, of course, am Mandy Kaplan. And I am still here, not a Mandy. Megan Parlin. Still not a Mandy, still happy to be here. Still loving you. Still love having you. Thank you. you. Every week I'm like, I'm still alive. This is great. Still here. You're still broadcasting from your closet. Yeah. Fully vaccinated, uh, might I add. Megan, I have breaking news. Oh. Do, 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 breaking news. I don't know. We don't have a sound effect for it. Maybe Pete will come up with something. Pete. We have heard from Mandy Fabian from oh, yeah. the set of Just Plus None. Live updates. She is live texting this experience to me only because I harass her like a Jewish mother. So are you serious? Yes. Here's the latest from the set. So they okay. all, they drove up to the mountains. They're at like a camp in Big Bear. What could possibly go wrong? Is this the plot of the movie or is this actually? No, this is real. Like Mandy okay. and the crew and the cast are all now they're up there doing their thing. And she said last night they shot till 430 in the morning. Ooh. It was her first ever night shoot. And she finished this text update by saying it's a miracle I wasn't hospitalized. <laughs> and then the laughing, crying emojis. And then they all uh, got together and watched The Big Chill. And Nice. Her movie is very reminiscent of it in a group of friends reuniting. And she's decided they're just going to remake The Big Chill instead. Sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> you mess with perfection, I've heard. Oh, you, you mess with it. You put your own stamp on perfection. I was so pleased to get a text from her. She's listening to us and she likes it. And that makes me very happy. And I'm... she's always listening, Meg. And she's very pretty. Gorgeous. She's always listening. Yeah. So talented. I'm so yeah. happy for her and happy to fill in while she's making big chill magic remakes. Well, she's always been a fandy and now she's a feg, feg, a fegan. Oh, oh, man. your name, my name. You know, there was a garbage pail kid named Muggin Megan. <laughs> it may, that checks out. <laughs> <laughs> titled this episode, The Mandys versus the Mitchells, which Clever. I thank you. I don't think it's a great title because I don't want to fight the Mitchells because the Mitchells take on the machines in Netflix and Sony's animated feature, The Mitchells versus the Machines. Which is number one in the U.S. right now. Jer was pointing out that doesn't actually mean anything. It just means people are watching. It doesn't mean they like it. It's just True. that people are watching it. And that's what Jer sounds like. You know that. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I think our listeners know that too now. Okay. Is he actually in the room with you? I was thrown. It sounds so much like him. <laughs> no, he's not like Mandy. He's not always listening. <laughs> so in a nutshell, and you can maybe give me a 20-second stop clock on this. I'm going to try and sum it up. Ready? Go. A dysfunctional but lovable cartoon family 
is fighting amongst themselves, struggling to connect with their human family. And then there's a massive machine takeover of the world. And the Mitchells are the only people left to fight the machines and save the world. Excellent. And save their family connections in the process. And they're taking their daughter to college and on a road trip. And there's so much more. But that was so much more. It's it's a very layered film. So layered. What did you think? Okay, so I'm going to preface this. When I hear family movie, Mm -hmm. that means to me I turn on a movie for my family and I lock myself in the bathroom and pluck my eyebrows. (laughs) I don't like family movies. I don't. My my husband, Dave, is the movie parent and he loves it. And I'm so happy to not have that role. So this is new for me. You didn't even like yesterday. No, I hated yesterday. Oh, Um, and I watched that alone. Um, So, yeah, I'm very out of practice. And I was already, you know, I watched it with my five year old daughter, Kayla and my husband, Dave. And I have to say, I was so relieved because I really enjoyed this movie. Um, And I I was so impressed with the themes that it touched on um, and the how funny it was. Um, and it was just like it was clever. It hit for me. It was it hit all of the the points I needed to make it worth it. And my eyebrows suffered, but that's OK. You look phenomenal. Thank you. I love this movie. Agree with everything you said. Clever, laugh out loud, funny, touching, hit on all the points. and then. There are reasons why that we'll delve into that it was even more elevated than that to me, like Mm -hmm. why I admire and worship this movie. Mm -hmm. I watched it with Jer. Casey had rehearsal for his online musical, so he didn't get to watch it. He's such a prodigy. Right. And then the next day I was like, we're going to watch it again. And I watched it twice this weekend. Okay, that's too far because, I mean, I'll get to my one criticism later, but... To me, that's crazy. We'll get to that. Can you ever remember a time when you did that, when you watched a movie and then had to watch it again right away? When I was maybe a child. Nine and a half weeks. Oh, actually, I will say, uh, I and I know I'm going to sound like a snob, but Force Majeure, which oh, you I love know, that movie. I love that movie so much. I would watch that again. There's TV shows I would watch again because I'm now that, you know, but no, I'm not that kind of a person. I remember doing it two times I can vividly remember. The first was a movie called Little Manhattan that I absolutely Mm -hmm. love about two like 11-year-olds falling in love in New York. And I watched it one night, late night, and then the next morning turned it on and Jer and I watched it again right away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the other movie I did this with, and I think you'll be with me on this, is Jesus Camp. Mm, Sure. Did did you like that movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was was amazing. I don't know. I watched it documentary about a Jesus camp. I watched it and then I had to just press play on it immediately again. Yeah. I mean, growing up, my sister and I would watch Breakfast Club every morning before school, like maybe 15 minutes and the next and just on a loop. So, yeah, um, yeah, I just don't my brain doesn't crave that repetition anymore. I'm just so much smarter now. Yes. Too busy and important. Mm -hmm. I get it. I we had a segment. Uh, that went on week after week. What is the time code that Mandy Kaplan started tearing up right. at the movie? Because mm-hmm. I am a wuss. And right off the bat at minute five and 45 seconds, the lead character, Katie Mitchell, beautifully voiced by Abby Jacobson. Oh, I worship Just her. I perfection. love her. She gets into film school. 
Katie Mitchell, who is an oh, you outcast love when kids get and accepted a nerd. to school. I That's... cried just when she got into film school. So Katie Mitchell is like the bee in the blind melon video. Do you know the yes. what I'm talking about? Right. Now, now, now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She can't. Oh, yeah. Right. She now can't find her people. Head. She doesn't feel like she belongs. She really is actually quite confident in herself, but wondering like why the world doesn't get her. Right. And when Katie Mitchell applies to film school, she she knows that's her people and she's going to have her B people to be with. And so she got into film school. I started crying. I cried probably six or seven times in this movie. Well, in my living room, my five-year-old was in the arms of my husband, Dave, the whole time, which was so touching. And I kept looking over at them to see how much was she processing like, and how much, I mean, he was, he was taking deep breaths because it's a really strong father daughter story. Yes, absolutely. Fun fact about Abby Jacobson is she's a beautiful artist and I think she went to graphic design school or something along those lines. So this character, um, I think was very personal for her. I did not know that. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. That's your theme song for Fun Facts by Megan. Fun You're welcome. Fact. There's so much to love about this movie, but let's right off the bat, you are hit with the animation we've come to expect from Sony, from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and other wonderful movies. And then they added in all of this 2D animation, this graphic old school. It helps illustrate how characters are feeling. It is very Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I don't know if mm-hmm. you remember that yeah. amazing movie. It, it's not necessarily groundbreaking. We've seen combinations into the Spider-Verse, same animators as into the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. uh, did this, but Casey was blown away. Mm-hmm. Like he was like, I love that when she's sad, a rain cloud comes over her head in 2D. And I, he was, j- it, it, it is mind blowing if not groundbreaking. It, well, yeah. And, I, and I've and i noticed in, and I have to admit, I have seen a few f- more family films than I would like to admit to during the pandemic, but I've noticed that there is this combination of animation lately, especially like sci-fi meets sort of family with soul. And there was another one recently, but, um, and, and this film did that too. And I think it really, it, it pleases so many audiences. Um, yes. and it feels, and yeah, it just, it felt so like accessible with that 2d touch. Um, yep. It's nice. It was refreshing because there's so much beautiful animation out there, but this one made it its own with some rough around the edges. It, Yeah. And then they also implemented real pictures for comic effect. Right. And it was very, very funny. And uh, I've heard other people say in discussing this movie, oh, but and that's never, ever been done before. But I want to say South Park does it all the time. And they did it really Mm -hmm. well. They would have like an actual poster of George Clooney. You know, so that that to me, they did it really well in this movie, but it wasn't the revolutionary first time we've ever seen that vibe. But it was so connected to the story, you know, it was Um, perfect. And I will say right off the bat, you know, I sat down with my own nerves about just family movie. Um, Last time I'm going to mention that. But um, let's delve deeper (laughs) into that, Meg. Let's go there. Um. It's from I, Moana. It's from having to watch Moana 185 so times many a couple years back. <laughs> I was first scared of myself because I was so overwhelmed by the pacing of the beginning. And I thought it's just me being old and cranky. And I was just like, I can't 
handle this. It's too much coming at me. I was so disturbed by all of the screens that everybody was on, the phones, the iPads, the computers, just the characters themselves. And I couldn't hear everything. And I was feeling like I'm not going to be able to hang. And then I realized that that probably was intentional because the whole movie addresses our addiction to technology. And it got me ramped up to this place of like, I hate technology so much that by the time the the inciting incidents happened, I was like, yes, take these things mm-hmm. away from me. Um, and, you know, one of my favorite moments was um, it was at 33 minutes and 56 seconds, Pete, when the phone character tells how she feels when you're poking at her and and jabbing at her. And it was such a great reminder of just like what we're doing to these things. Wow, I guess cell phones are bad for you. (laughs) That's like on my face. You think cell phones are the problem? Are you insane? I gave you all boundless knowledge, endless tools for creativity, and allowed you to magically talk face-to-face with your loved ones anywhere on Earth. And I'm the bad guy? Maybe the bad guy is the person who treated me like this. Poke, poke, swipe, poke, swipe, poke, poke, pinch, zoom, shrink, zoom. Bring me pizza, pay me Taylor Swift. No, I hate that song. Give me some nachos. No, I don't have any time to wash my hands. Really work it into the crevices. Now drop him in the toilet. The father, Rick Mitchell, Mm -hmm. uh, comes home, doesn't wash his hands before he sits down at the dinner table. What? Well, the dates on this whole thing, just thinking September 2020, you guys were not doing any of these things, but hey. Right. They just ignored the pandemic, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. But who doesn't wash their hands before they sit down for dinner? That's a terrible message to send to the kids. Rick Mitchell. But voiced by Danny McBride, which I was dubious about because I feel I find him very funny, but very limited in what he does. Yeah. Yeah. And the Apatow movies or whatever he's doing. I right. He makes me laugh, but I was like, him as a dad in an animated, I don't know. He was fantastic. I thought he, he was, was spot on and yeah. heartbreaking and funny and great. And Rick Mitchell comes in, doesn't wash his hands, sits down at the table and says, put down your devices. We're going to do 10 seconds of uninterrupted eye contact as a family. Hilarious. And I, I want to say that to my family sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, right. like we don't need our phones at the table. Right. I just found that so relatable. And because there were so many screens, you know, that's our world that we live in. Yeah. I will say that speaking of voiceover artists and, and who's in this film, I felt Maya Rudolph was entirely underutilized. Like I agree. I didn't even, I would never even known it was her the whole time. And yeah, she just wasn't given many funny moments. And that was a waste because she's, She's a treasure. She's so funny, especially as a voiceover artist. I know. Um, I I would agree with that. I she was wonderful, just mm-hmm. boring, a yeah. bit boring until the oh, end. It was a loss. And I also yeah. did not really dig the little brother's voice. He was too old sounding. Like he was funny, but I just didn't like the sound of him. All right. So this is where we we part ways. Because Jer said the same thing. Mm-hmm. I loved it. There was something so goofy about he was such an innocent, sweet little boy. He was so nervous and insecure. And then his he had an adult male voice. It was the director. It's Michael oh. Rianda, the director. Okay. And 
I thought his choices were hilarious. And I don't know whether he was like, oh, I can't really do a kid voice, so I'll just do it this way. Or if there was a reason why he said this little boy, Aaron, who's obsessed with dinosaurs and he's so cute, like whether he should be he should have this adult voice just to make him more awkward. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I was trying to find the meaning behind it. And ultimately, I just didn't like the sound of it. And that dog character, I mean, one of my favorite moments is when the robots didn't know if he's dog, pig, dog, pig, dog, pig, loaf of bread, dog, pig. Because he's so funny. All pugs are funny looking. Yeah. But but this, this one is drawn to the extreme. Oh, and just, yeah, such a great character. Definitely Casey's favorite. Every time he's on screen, you laugh. They made him such a lovable but important part of the movie. Right. Katie is a filmmaker. Katie uses him to make dog cop movies, which, by the way, when the sequel comes out to Mitchell's versus the machine, it better be dog cop, the movie. (laughs) So funny. First one in line to see it. I loved Monchi the dog and the way they used him because as animal lovers ourselves, we... We do that. We we anthropomorphize our animals and we I talk as my cats all day long to make Jared and Casey laugh. And that's what they did with Manchi. He was really like a real part of the family. Yeah, he was he was so included in everything in every way. Yes. Um, and saving and his, the world. His, his eyeballs were amazing. And just the mom trying to get exercises to get him to move his eyeballs in and then that Mm -hmm. ended up paying off it was perfect there were so many poignant themes in this movie obviously being in a pandemic with your family for a year you can relate to that wanting to get away you know feeling one one question i had for you is so in this movie the 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 machines take over and nobody has wi-fi and it's like the wi-fi apocalypse Mm -hmm. So we're in a pandemic where instead it's physical contact that is, you know, eliminated. What would be worse? I I definitely Wi-Fi has been my saving grace in a pandemic because we can Mm -hmm. watch whatever we want and surf the Internet and print out recipes. I mean, what would I do without Wi-Fi? You would hug people. That's no, no, I don't need it. I need (laughs) Wi-Fi. same isn't that sad (laughs) it is so sad but that's what this movie makes you think about and rick mitchell the the main tension is between rick and katie father and daughter lots of tension they disagree he's an outdoorsman hinting at like an end of days mentality and Mm -hmm. she is a tech just a total tech geek and at one point she's filming him and he says Put the phone down, you know, and use your eyes, which are nature's camera. Mm -hmm. You're not experiencing life. And she's using her phone and making movies of everything. And she said, this is how I experience life with Mm -hmm. my camera and my technology. And I just loved that they argued both sides of that for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We found that valid, right? You were like, she's really making the most of her technology. It's not hindering her life. She's telling beautiful stories and making people laugh. And connecting with people. And so it it gave a good argument for both. Yeah. Although I'm more of a Rick Mitchell, I feel. Right. Me too. I will flag um, to my five-year-old, Kayla. She really loved it. And she was laughing a lot. Um, She did get scared, which was fine. Um, the, The machine scared her and just 
you know, there were explosions and she was freaking out about that. But, um, but otherwise I felt like it was, uh, I didn't feel like a bad parent sitting next to her while she's watching. Um, there was one very awkward moment that I, I just have to point out when Rick, the dad is trying to show off for his kids outside by the tree by with a rope. And then he accidentally like lynches himself basically like he hangs himself upside down when his neighbor of color is approaching i just was like wait why i don't know that was a weird choice for me lynching neighborhood it it was not a lynching he was trying to catch something and he and then he ended up stringing himself up and then it came back it came as a major plot point in the mall i think that is i'm gonna cry foul and two pc on that one and the, right. for for me it was hilarious and then he gets like abused by possums that climb up on him i i just thought it was hilarious and the use of the neighbors i loved the neighbors they are they are this perfect instagram beautiful family called the posies get it because they're always mm-hmm. posing for instagram the yoga mom Right. Yoga mom, beautiful dad, all their Voiced family by Chrissy photos. Teigen, right? Yeah. John Legend and Chrissy Teigen played the posies. Wait, it so I saw their names perfect. in the credits and I thought John Legend was Mark, the uh, tech. No, guru. that's Eric Andre. Oh, OK. I got it. Right. So John Legend and Chrissy Teigen basically acknowledging like, yeah, we're perfect. Everybody loves us. And every interview we do, people want to hang out with us and be our friends. And then they really sent themselves up and they were, I loved it. I loved that the posies came back at the end. I loved the mom's realization. We all need to realize life isn't what people are putting on Instagram. And right. it, I just, everything I, had a purpose. Yes. It was so intentional. Um, however, it was too long. And I'm not saying that because it wasn't funny throughout. Like, I still liked what was happening in the last 40 minutes. But just practically speaking, like, if there are moms out there who have younger children and you try to squeeze this in for a nap, that's it was, you know, I'm like an 87 minute to 100 minute type watcher. And this it just had like four or five false endings. I thought even at the mall, it could have ended with the Furbies and then it kept going. And then it it was like the same beat over and over for like the last 40 minutes. That was kind of throwing me off. I agree with you, even though I think this movie was damn near perfect. I wrote it could use a trim and it's in that action because I'm not an action person either. So Casey was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. That, you know, like all the robots attacking and blowing up and chasing. And I, for me, I'm like, oh, get past it. I want to see this family reconnect. I don't need to see all the action. Yeah. So maybe different strokes for different folks. But yeah, I'm sure. And I'm sure in this Netflix streaming age, there's a reason to make it longer. Um, mm-hmm. That does. But it was so funny. There's there are these giant Furbies in it, which is so funny. All the smart machines turn on us too, um, including Furbies. And that night, my husband and I decided to watch Uncut Gems, where there's also a Furby scene. Um, so I had a day of Furbies. It was really random. That's very I'm okay this, though. This episode brought to you by <laughs> scary uh, Furbies. Yeah. My God, you went from one extreme to the other. <laughs> I know. That's I heard what that, happens that movie's after, very foul mouth. Yeah. Talk about, yeah, 
after family movie, I ended up watching something like Uncut Gems, although equally as chaotic. Oh my gosh, that movie for a different episode. Fair enough. One of my favorite aspects of this movie is that they took jokes that we've seen a million times and they made them fresh and they made them funny. And I was so appreciative of that. And the the example that exemplifies it for me that's repetitive but is at minute 45 and 8 seconds hit it pete come on hun let's hey, do it, getting it. Yeah. Yeah. this is amazing yeah. let's feel this it's energy all right heads in Mitchell family on three three Mitchell family. Family. Oh, God. Two. Sorry. 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 one right we've seen it so many times they did this joke it works it it elevates it it makes it mm-hmm. funny again yeah it's i they don't know really, how they did that i know they they just nailed it the writing was so um, funny and it's just it's a the writing was so funny and it it's it's just like it touches on parenthood a child leaving a home um you know father daughter strife uh, global catastrophe, addiction to tech, and it and it does it in a in this magical way where you not hit over the head. It does yeah. it with storytelling and and endearing characters. And, and the love. siblings have such a loving oh, relationship. I know they get on each other's nerves, but like, I it was not the typical movie relationship with mom. He hit me. Like they just had this really nice connection. Yeah, because they're both outcasts in their own way. Right. I loved it. I did too. I I did too. It was refreshing. Kudos to that whole team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh in now at the end of the movie after I had laughed and cried and absolutely loved the movie, then this tiny little bomb drops and I wrote lesbianism for the win with 10,000 exclamation points. They chose to make Katie gay. I missed and, that. Oh my God. It, it made me cry all day after I saw the movie. Katie's at college. She's FaceTiming with mom and mom says, how's it going with Jade? Are you guys serious? Are you going to bring her home for Thanksgiving? Oh my gosh. I'm so lame. I thought that she just loved her friend Jade and wanted her to hang out. Uh, you are incorrect. Milady. So I love that they, too. They when and then I Googled it, like, how did that come to be? I wonder why that decision was made. And this the research department, Google, um, it was a conscious choice, and it was a conscious choice not to highlight it and make it a big issue. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be just like, yep. This is part of who Katie is. And here it is. And it ain't no big deal. And it shouldn't be a big deal. Uh, The article I read said uh, breaks new ground for LGBTQ representation in animation. This is the first lead character. Sony has chosen not to highlight it and push it, but just to let it be just part of the movie. Abby Jacobson herself is bisexual. Mm -hmm. And then they pointed out when you go and rewatch it, which I hope you do. Um, they point out that she was wearing a rainbow pin through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Never talked about. Mm-hmm. She, uh, 
Oh, I'm going to mess up the name of the... the she um, drives a Subaru. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, she has a Mount Rushmore of directors in one of her videos. Mm-hmm. And her her one of her directors is Celine Shyama. That is, I, I guess, somebody I, I don't really know. The, uh, uh, the most recent trailer added to the queer-coded vibes with Katie noting it took a while to figure myself out and portrait of a Lady on Fire director Celine Shiyama appearing on her Mount Rushmore of favorite filmmakers. The movie contains more coding along these lines. Her advice to her brother Aaron is to never be embarrassed by who he loves. I like that. I'm sorry. It just gets me really choked up. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful movie where everybody's loving each other and then that's just part of it. And how it's, far we've come with subliminal messages. Growing up, Little Mermaid had like penises drawn in the sky that you had to find when you were watching. <laughs> and we're back to your fucked up childhood. <laughs> what? <laughs> Breakfast were, Club and penises in the sky. That's what I consumed. The as a name child. of your autobiography. <laughs> um, yeah, it was beautiful. I, yeah, one conclusion I did make at the end of this movie is I am so happy I don't have an Alexa. I've, I've, we've like held strong, no Alexa in the house. And this Mm -hmm. validated that for me. Yeah. Yeah. We have it. And we, once you get over the novelty of it, it's just, you forget it's there and you don't use it. Yeah. You know, you who loves music, I'm surprised you haven't brought up that they basically use the soundtrack from Stranger Things, the score. (laughs) Well, I don't watch Stranger Things because it scares me, but Dave may have mentioned that. Yeah. Um, when I don't mention the music, I think that's a great sign because it means it's not bothering me. <laughs> okay. So Pete at minute at hour one and six minutes, check out some of this music. Um, what is that? Huh? What the? Okay. That music sounds exactly like Stranger Things. And it was mm-hmm. throughout the movie. And I just thought, uh, this was my, uh, Mark Mother's boss. So this is one mm-hmm. of the most prolific uh, supervisors in the, in the biz. I couldn't believe how, how it felt like such a ripoff. And then they were in a yeah. mall, which is a big Stranger Things part of the uh-huh. season three, I think. And so it just felt like it was really... It was more than paying homage. It was like, whoa, can you do that? <laughs> well, and Mark Mothersbaugh actually um, composed the song, a theme song on a show I used to work on called Pop Psy. Check it out for one of the worst theme songs ever Ooh. written. So, Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. We're taking you down, Mr. Mothersbaugh. Sorry. I mean, he's very talented normally, but he's had some doozies. But um, uh, yeah, if if it's a ripoff, that sucks. But I thought the music was probably great because it didn't stand out to me. I was paying attention to all the other wonderful things. How many man jobs? Last week you said, I'm ready to actually give out some hand man jobs. Yeah, I've been practicing. Um, (laughs) 
on my stuffed animal and no, I'm just kidding. Um, wait, what's the max? We do a one to five. One to five. Okay. I'm going to give this four and a half, um, because of the, the time and the Maya Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Too long and too little of Maya Rudolph. Four and a half okay. man jobs. I'm going to give it five man jobs. Wow. The, uh, lucky. This movie. is like happy ending central. I absolutely love this movie. Get some Can paper you believe towels, it? folks. I, <laughs> it'll be interesting when Mandy returns to the world as she and I do disagree on so very much, like what she, if she doesn't like this movie, I challenge right. you, Mandy Fabian, to to find fault with this movie. It's so good. I can't. Yeah. I'd be very curious. Hey, Meg, do me a favor. Go to truestory.fm slash Mandy's. M-A-N-D-Y-S. Okay. What do you see? Ooh, weird. It goes to Letterboxd. That was right. magical. What is Crazy. And Letterboxd is a global social network for film discussion and discovery. I think we talked about it last week. People can find us on Letterboxd and tell us what they're watching or tell us that we're crazy for liking or hating movies. And we can all talk about movies on Letterboxd. Oh, well, I have to admit, I I heard this ad last time, but I didn't go to it. Now I'm here. It's kind of like a Goodreads for movies, it seems, which is that I love Goodreads. Yes, that's exactly what it's what it is. And if you go to truestory.fm slash Mandy's, they're going to give you 20% off upgrades to pro or patron accounts. If you're a pro, no third party ads. You get annual all time stat pages like based on your entries and the films you've watched. Uh, You can track films you own. That's the pro account. The patron. Come on everything in pro plus you get your name and lights on their patron page backdrops for your profile reviews and lists plus the undying gratitude of everyone at letterboxd hq wow pretty cool opportunity here to hop on letterboxd and it's got a great search engine it's very user-friendly i'm a big fan already yay see you there thanks So what else have you been up to during these crazy times? What are you doing to stay sane? A few weeks ago, I shared that I have been taking dance classes online in my kitchen. Mm -hmm. And I take it at this great studio based out of San Francisco called Euphoria Euphoria Studios with an F instead of a PH. And, or I guess... (laughs) Let me just spell it. It's U-F-O-R-I-A because I know the other Euphoria has an E. But um, reached out to the studio. Mm-hmm. Now we have a promo code for no anyone way. listening who wants to try taking these awesome online dance studios. You can take a live like Zoom class uh-huh. with the instructor being able to see you. But I actually prefer the on-demand because mm-hmm. you can pause it when your kid needs you and it, you can just do them over and over, whatever you want. So if you go to the site, Euphoria Studios, U-F-O-R-I-A studios.vhx.tv and enter their promo code Mandemic, the lovely people over there are going to give you 50% off your first month and a free week of on-demand. No way. Look at you making things happen. I 
can't stop, won't stop. So that's my fun update on that. That's just uh, euphoria has made my pandemic better and made me feel like I've recaptured something I loved my whole life and then, you know, haven't been dancing as much as an, as a middle-aged mom. And now it's back. So I'm a little grossed out by you dancing in your kitchen. I know I should stop saying it. <laughs> I, I feel that too. But yeah. that's... But you don't sweat. I'm just imagining like salty particles simmering into your stew. <laughs> Only a couple times into my pho. Yeah. Um, so that's you not... pho uh, Okay. What have you been up to? Okay. So at the risk of sounding like a complete dweeb, I, during this pandemic, have discovered mouthwash. Okay. Maybe maybe you use mouthwash. I've never incorporated into my routine, especially as a mom, where it's just like one more thing that I have to do. I can barely find time to brush my teeth. But now that I work from home and I'm like 50 feet away from my bathroom, mouthwash has become sort of this like restart to my day where if I'm like creatively stuck or antsy or bored, I just go to the bathroom and swish. And it's like... A new, it's like the reset button. And I, I don't know it. where it has been all my life, but it's really recharged me. I'm, a are big you a fan. scope girl or a Listerine girl, or do you use some fancy Toms of Maine no, organic so I, brand that I'm I would hate? love to say that I am a Toms of Maine? I've tried it and it's just that I, it doesn't do it for me. Um, I've been doing Listerine and I'm mm-hmm. sure in 10 years we're going to find out Listerine makes you grow three heads, but, yeah. um, I, it, it's, it's just that I like the green one. I, yeah. my, uh, my pharmacy didn't have it and I got the blue one and it was less exciting, but green Listerine has really saved my sanity lately. That's a, a very unexpected fun fact. Fun fact. I've got so many. Yeah. I did not know that about you. I've always been a mouthwash user. Oh, really? Well, I'm a farmer. I mean, how would I know that? hygienic person <laughs> you must not bring travel size when we've gone away on our trips because i've never noticed it about you oh it's in there okay. maybe i don't leave it out but no i travel with it but i searched through your uh toiletry bag i didn't see it <laughs> it's true well anyways you... it's it's a little thing but yeah I it's think providing you little... some joy and sanity and that's good and fresh breath. i um I'm going to say something that could not only end our friendship, Meg, but it could, it could potentially be a friendship ender for everyone listening and everyone who is my friend. Is it going to help end the podcast? Because we're almost out of time. Ouch. <laughs> uh, it hurts my feelings that you're looking at the clock. Okay. No, I, uh, we listened to a podcast called Smartless, hosted by Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes. Mm-hmm. And they're funny and they're charming. And I listen to most of their guests and they just have a celebrity on and they pal around with a celebrity. And uh, today's guest, I mm. listened. You I did? listened. I gritted. I was like, oh, should I listen? I, I don't like this person. Nobody likes this person. Why am I going to listen to this person? And as I listened to this person, I found myself feeling like, oh, God, this is the worst thing I'm ever going to say, that I'm a lot like her. Oh and I was, God. I felt a very kindred spirit with her. And her name is Gwyneth Paltrow. I'm sorry, America. Did you fall on your head during a euphoria class? What's happening? That could very well happen. 
Ooh, that's I, a great movie idea. That I follow. You my hit head your head I, and turn into Gwyneth Paltrow. Look, she was. It's not that she's not gross because she is pretty gross and pretty self satisfied. I don't share those traits, but she admits that the reason she started Goop, which I can't even say without cringing, but mm-hmm. she started it because she's like, I loved finding really cool things like culinary ideas and products and things. I loved sharing those with my friends and I loved being able to, you know, enrich people's lives with my, with my advice and my finds and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, God, she's so bossy. That's what that comes down to, right? I wish I could control my friends and what they eat and where they go and what they put on their faces. The parallels. And then I was like, and I have that. I definitely have that. We hate what we see in ourselves. Right. And she just, the way she was talking about things, I was like, yep, check that box. Oh, me too. Yep. Yep, that's me. And then, and as I was walking, I was like, oh no, I think I'm similar to Gwyneth Paltrow. I mean, obviously we look exactly alike. That's, yeah, that's a given. Are you going to read the promo code now for Goop? (laughs) (laughs) That would be incredible. If if you're listening, Gwyneth. I think you're a good person for acknowledging it. And um, I've actually heard another interview with her and I was like, I, yeah, I don't. I can see why we shouldn't hate on her so much. There's yes. some good there. It's just, um, yeah, it's it's a hard thing to love. Yeah, Goop. she's got a branding problem, mm-hmm. but 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 at her heart, I think she's a good person. Yeah, I love you, Gwyneth. I feel and you. And you named your child Apple. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which he doesn't know that. It's not on his flag. birth certificate, but yeah, mm. absolutely. So that does it. I'm just like right. Gwyneth Paltrow and you have good breath. Let's just move on with our days. And next week, I'm I'm blanking on the name of the movie I sent. Monster. Thank right? you. Yes. It looks so Wasn't there a movie with uh, Charlize, Charlize Theron? Theron. Yes. Name, very, very different. Allowed. Okay. I'm this, excited. And I'm, I'm, I was thrilled when you texted me because each week I, I'm still alive, folks. I'm coming back. I hope that's okay with everybody. <laughs> it, it will be okay with everybody except Mandy when she comes back. Yeah. And then she's going to kick you to the curb. But she's going to be all messed up with her time zones and 4 a.m. big chills. And she may not be ready for a while. She's going to need to recover. Well, let's stay in the moment. And let's put candles up our vaginas. I think that's what Gwyneth would say. She does have that thing where, like, her R's are standard RP. Uh, She's like, this cream is great. You should use this cream on your face. So that's something I don't go for. But, uh, yes, we will be watching Monster with vagina candles. And we'll be back next week. And I love you. Love you, too. Bye. Bye.